Hello, everyone. This is Meng Chen, president of Purdue University, and you are listening to This Is Purdue podcast. Hi, I'm Kate Young, and you're listening to This Is Purdue, the official podcast for Purdue University. As a Purdue alum and Indiana native, I know firsthand about the family of students and professors who are in it together, persistently pursuing and relentlessly rethinking. Who are the next game changers, difference makers, ceiling breakers, innovators? Who are these boilermakers? Join me as we feature students, faculty, and alumni taking small steps toward their giant leaps and inspiring others to do the same. Truly is the most humbling and the highest honor that anyone I think in academia could imagine. Because Purdue is not any other university, this is a special place. We now have a very important announcement. It starts with telling you that the board is here to elect the dean of our College of Engineering. Dean Mung, the next president of Purdue University. I'd be pleased to entertain a motion that Mung Cheng be nominated for election as the 13th president of Purdue University to succeed Mitchell E. Daniels upon his resignation becoming effective January 1st, 2023. May I have a motion and a second, please? Second. It's been moved and seconded. All those in favor say aye. 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 Unanimous, the motion carries. Congratulations, Dr. Murray. That was the Purdue Board of Trustees Chairman Michael Berghoff announcing the board's unanimous election of Dr. Meng Chang as the university's next president on June 10th, 2022. And on January 1st, 2023, President Chang, who previously served as the John A. Edwardson Dean of Engineering and Executive Vice President for Strategic Initiatives at Purdue, took over for former President Mitch Daniels. In December, we had the honor of sitting down with President Chang on This is Purdue at Fowler Hall. We hit a number of topics, including the day he found out he would become the next president of Purdue University, his family life and hobbies, and the best spot in West Lafayette to grab his favorite sweet treat, ice cream. And spoiler alert, as you'll learn, President Chang has a passion for ice cream. We also discussed the meaning behind that special Boilermaker persistence and humility and why the college experience should be both transformative and fun. This episode is a wonderful chance for all of our listeners to hear more about President Chang's goals for the university, what he's looking forward to most in this first semester leading Purdue, and most importantly, we get to know him on a more personal level. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us on This is Purdue. I know all of our listeners are thrilled. We're thrilled to have you on the show, too. But let's start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. How did you first find out about Purdue? Well, thank you, Kate, for the opportunity. Uh, a delight to be here. Been a big fan of uh, the podcast series you put together. Thank you. Uh, so great to be able to be on your podcast. Today. Yes, a special guest. <laughs> well, well, you know, all your guests are very special. That is true. You know, Katie asked, how did I first learn about Purdue? Actually, I've heard about Purdue as a engineering student a long, long time. Been a long time admirer of Purdue as an outstanding institution. So I can't even remember when, but probably when I was a teenager, I've already been an admirer of uh, Purdue, both its STEM engineering talent, but also as a wonderful place to live. Before coming to Purdue, President Chang earned a Bachelor of Science in Electrical Engineering and Mathematics 
and a Master of Science and PhD in Electrical Engineering from Stanford University. President Chang went on to teach at Princeton University as the Arthur Legrand Professor of Electrical Engineering and was recognized for a number of innovations in teaching. He was also the first chairman of Princeton's Entrepreneurial Council. In July 2017, he was named Dean of the College of Engineering at Purdue. President Chang tells us more about his journey to Purdue. So I was a professor at Princeton University in New Jersey for 14 years. And then this remarkable opportunity came up that the College of Engineering's deanship was open. And uh, I applied and, well, I was the very lucky, blessed person to be chosen. So that's how that got started back five and a half years ago. And you mentioned, you know, Stanford, Princeton, you've experienced all of these Ivy League schools, right? What makes Purdue so unique in your eyes after having experiences with those types of schools? Well, first of all, you know, the Ivy League is just a particular term. And, you know, I think what really matters is you look at each institution's very special and unique DNA, if you will. So I had all my degrees in engineering uh, from Stanford, and I worked, as mentioned, 14 years as faculty at Princeton. I would say that every institution has its own unique flavor. There's no right or wrong, no comparison per se, but Purdue is very special in many ways. I'll just give you one example. Purdue provides a place where students come in, and when they depart, there's a big delta. We have many students who do not come from positions of privilege. And they come here, they study hard, and then their lives are transformed. So that is something very special. And we do it at such a scale. 50,000 students just on West Lafayette campus alone today, 38,000 undergrad, 12,000 master PhD students. So to have this scale, and for each individual life, be able to transform it to, through the power of public education. That is something very special about this land-grant institution. Absolutely. We touched on it a little bit, but when mm -hmm. you think about that Boilermaker community, you just mm -hmm. talked about all these people, right? The faculty, mm -hmm. the staff, the students, mm -hmm. the alumni. Yes. What does all of that mean to you? These are very powerful combinations of talents. Each one of them that I have had the uh, pleasure to meet, as you said, students, faculty, staff, alumni, partners and neighbors even. They are creative, they are dedicated, and they're humble. You know, that humility intrinsic here among the boilermakers. We work hard, but also we don't whine, we don't brag about how hard we've worked and we get things done and yet we remain ever true to that principle of humility. That is, again, something very unique here. That's definitely something, a theme that we keep hearing on this show is the humble, the humility. Yes. In a university business article by Chris Burt in June 2022, President Chang said, quote, There is no other university leader like ours. President Daniels and the outstanding team built Purdue into the most consequential public university in the United States. I asked President Chang what he meant by that term, consequential. There are all kinds of rankings out there, and one can argue about which one is better and which is less noisy or partial, but this is different. I'm not talking about any particular ranking per se. Most consequential in my mind means that if this institution, this university, were to suddenly disappear tomorrow morning, would anyone notice? Would anyone care? Unless you are an employee or students. Well, <laughs> I would say that on that scale, if this institution were not to exist suddenly tomorrow, the whole world would notice. 
and the whole world will care and it will be a irreplaceable loss to America and to humanity. Look at what we have been able to do under President Daniels' uh, decade leadership in terms of affordability, in terms of economic growth for our home state, Indiana, and the country, in terms of national security, economic security, in terms of creating talents and jobs and knowledge all at the same time, and in terms of, of course, all the typical academic metrics and the physical transformation of our campus and our neighborhood. If you think about what this country needs in terms of talent and knowledge and the creation of opportunities for everyone, Purdue has been standing out as most consequential university. That's interesting. I like the way that you put that. It's certainly true. <laughs> well, I'm perhaps biased. Case. <laughs> sure, Maybe sure. you are as well. As a I believe maker. I am too. <laughs> uh, but I do believe that Purdue is today the most consequential, irreplaceable public university in America. Absolutely. In that same university business article, President Chang praised former Purdue University President Mitch Daniels, saying, quote, Mitch is the most innovative president in America. Affordability through tuition freeze, 21st century land grant through Purdue Global, and economic growth in Indiana through entrepreneurship and the Discovery Park District in West Lafayette. I asked President Chang about some of his mentors throughout his life, and it's no surprise that former President Daniels was on his list. Well, frankly, it's all about the teams and it's all about the mentors. And I've had many standing mentors throughout my career, my life, including President Mitch Daniels. And I'll just highlight my two PhD co-advisors. So when I was a PhD student at Stanford, Tom Cover and Stephen Boyd, Tom unfortunately passed away and Stephen's still active as a professor there in electrical engineering. They really taught me not only how to learn and how to create knowledge, how to do research and teaching, but also they made it fun. When I think about the time I spent as a student taking their classes and working on papers with them, all the many hours and sweat that we put in there, all the frustration, but also all the fun. It reminds me that dissemination and creation of knowledge is supposed to be fun. I think that's true here too, right? You know, you have Purdue is this, has this reputation and there's STEM and there's all these strong things, but then at the end of the day, there's also a lot of fun happening here, right? Oh, absolutely. Fun in classrooms and labs, in BIDC, you know, the student design center, in the student clubs and activities, and fun also in athletics and student life. Yes, you know, college life is supposed to be a transformation of oneself. Sure. All right? It's not just about what we cover, but how much we uncover together, how much each person uncovers about oneself and about the world around us. So that process of learning should always remain fun. Maybe not every single minute of it. Right. It's always the final exam time. Right. But you asked me about the mentors. I would think of my co-advisors back when I was a student having a major influence to me intellectually, but most importantly, always reminding me through their own deeds and actions that research and learning is fun. During President Chang's time leading the College of Engineering at Purdue, the college landed its first back-to-back -back top four graduate ranking in the U.S. It also grew to be the largest top 10 undergraduate engineering college in the country. Undergraduate admissions selectivity, yield rate, and graduation rate, as well as women and minority enrollment percentages, all achieved new records. 
an online program size more than quadrupled while the ranking advanced to top three in the U.S. New degrees were launched and professional master's enrollment more than quadrupled as well. President Chang explains how he was able to reach these milestones during his time as the John A. Edwardson Dean of Engineering. I started thinking that this is a tremendous honor. And when I got here, my appreciation for Purdue at that time, the College of Engineering in particular, deepened even further. It's just remarkable. Every morning I would wake up and in my email inbox, uh, yes, I still do use emails. Uh, I know not everybody does that. Some ask me, what is email? Uh, well, what app should I download for that? And how do I sign up? Uh, well, you know, I look at my email inbox, Kate, and I'm bombarded by another award won by our colleague, mm-hmm. you know, another new course introduced online by our professors, another student club created by our students, and another lab and a research article highly cited, another invention commercialized. It is just constant joy to be a chair leader, if you will, and to be there to help accelerate and amplify other people's success and to celebrate other people's success. So you just mentioned, you know, how did Purdue Engineering update in many ways towards many milestones in the pinnacle of excellence at scale really is not a reflection of what I did. It's a reflection of what many other people did, our professors, students, staff, and how our alumni helped us. See, there's the Purdue humbleness coming in right now. Well, no, I'm just telling you the fact. I'm reporting <laughs> back to you, Kate, exactly what happened. Oftentimes, I had no clue how that happened. But I said, oh, great, let's throw another party celebrating this big NSF award. I was notified after the fact, but I'm just so privileged and humbled to be able to be there to help celebrate so many wonderful successes. And of course, it is not just within one college. It truly is across all the colleges, all the units, and all aspects of this remarkable university. My next question for President Chang was one of the questions I was most excited to ask. Oftentimes, our Boilermakers on this podcast have a specific moment or special story that really resonates with our listeners. And this moment, the moment he was announced as the 13th president of Purdue University, is no exception. Okay, so I want to take you back to a day that was probably a big day, a big moment for you Mm -hmm. when you were announced president of Purdue University. What were you feeling? Well, uh, excited, grateful, and very honored. It truly is the most humbling and the highest honor that anyone, I think, in academia could imagine. Because Purdue is not any other university, this is a special place. And because, you know, after the Board of Trustees unanimous vote, you know, it just dawned on me the kind of responsibility that not just myself, but the whole team will continue to bear in order to advance this place. You know, for 153 years now, coming 154 years, this place generations of boilermakers, starting here on on the Wabash and going all the way out to the surface of the moon. So many boilermakers have been ever grateful, ever true uh, to this special place, yourself included, doing this podcast now with us. Each generation must carry on, as we would say, one brick higher. (laughs) Uh, Because it's already so high, you know, the next brick (laughs) higher is going to be even more 
challenging, but I'm so confident that uh, together we will be able to excel at scale and together we'll be innovating continuously into the future, even when there are substantial changes coming our way, as always, one could argue, to American higher education landscape. Is there a particular moment from that day that you remember best? Uh, well, I tell you that I uh, went home and, you know, told my children. My wife and I have three lovely children and uh, our eldest, the daughter, she insisted that it was a beautiful mistake. Uh, <laughs> she didn't so, have any faith in her dad? <laughs> uh, well, you know, uh, uh, well, you have to ask her that. Okay. But, uh, I'm just so glad that the board of trustees did not have to listen to her, unlike me. <laughs> she was not part of the vote. <laughs> um, but, you know, our middle one, he was relieved and excited that we're going to stay in Indiana. And the younger one, she was only six at that time, just turned seven. And I think she, on that day, decided that daddy's cool again. <laughs> that's the goals, right? Uh, well, yes, that is uh, that's the pinnacle of excellence <laughs> right. as a father. How do you prepare for a role like this? I mean, you've kind of yes. been preparing for this probably your whole life. Well, I'm not sure about whole life, but uh, I've been eating ice cream my whole life, though. Uh, <laughs> But I'll say that the listening is always very helpful. I'm here to serve others. So it's useful to start by listening to them, to the people that I am supposed to serve. And of course, I'm no stranger to Indiana or to Purdue University. I've been here for five and a half years already, including one and a half years as executive vice president for strategic initiatives that covers campus-wide activities as well. But still, there's always something new that I can learn from my fellow Boilermakers. So past the five and six months as pledged, I uh, have started a series of listening sessions, many, many sessions with faculty colleagues, with students and staff, open door office hours to brainstorm with them and get to know them better, each individually, and many hours touring the state of Indiana. I intend to cover all 92 counties wow. by the end of summer, end of the fiscal year. I've covered, I think, about 40 counties up to this point, including the two regional campuses, including Indy, including Purdue Global as well. And then there are some institutional level, unit by unit debriefing sessions. I know a lot of them very well already, but this is another chance to reinforce my learning. And gathering with alumni, both in the U.S., for example, in Silicon Valley, as well as outside, for example, in India, in South Korea with Governor Holcomb as well, um, and visiting our industry partners, for example, in Sweden. So it's been very busy. And I have to tell you that initially I thought, you know, on the brink of unemployment for six months, but it turns out to be pretty interesting. I get to learn a lot and I didn't have to make decisions. <laughs> I guess I can get used to, uh, you know, getting paid for not making decisions. Uh, <laughs> that's not coming to an end, but it's mm -hmm. been very fruitful listening sessions. And the listening part is not going to end. That's the best way to prepare for a job like this. I'm sure you've learned many things throughout these listening mm -hmm. sessions. Did that help contribute to your goals for the next year? Yes, absolutely. Each conversation added some insight. Not all of the recommendations are in agreement with each other. Sure. You know, logically, it is not possible to agree to all of them because many of them are in direct contradiction to each other. I've had a listening session where in the same session, two professors held completely different viewpoints and they had a healthy debate, which is fantastic as we have this in a range of heterogeneous opinions, and we encourage them to express themselves. 
But I'll say that, first of all, there is the board of trustees passed under President Daniels that produced next moves with the five pillars with Transformation and Education 2.0, Equity Task Force, the National Security Technology Pillar, the Plant Science and Digital Forestry Pillar, and the uh, Purdue Applied Research Institute uh, PERI Pillar. So those five pillars under Purdue's next moves will continue. And in the spirit of continuity, also our new school of business and our new independent campus in Indianapolis. Well, all of these are truly exciting opportunities for all of us. In President Chang's statement, after he was announced president at the June 2022 Board of Trustees meeting, he said, quote, the amazing success of the Daniels decade must continue. And we already know former President Daniels served as a great leader and mentor for President Chang. So how does it feel for him to take over this iconic university after this iconic president? You know, incredibly large shoes to fill. And if you think about President Daniels as, in my mind, the most innovative university president in America, and under his transformational leadership, together with the team, with the support from the Board of Trustees, Purdue University transformed. It was always great. And now it is the most consequential public university in our country. First of all, we've got to continue the momentum. We've got to continue the emphasis. Excellence without elitism, if you will, or excellence at scale. Be true to our land-grant mission. Be true to student access and success and belonging. Be true to affordability. And furthermore, we always have to face how the world is changing and be ready to listen, be ready to adapt. People ask, so what kind of differences will there be? Well, I assure you that I don't know how to ride a motorcycle bike. So I guess one could say the difference will be from Harley-Davidson to haagen <laughs> Because you're a big ice cream guy. Well, I don't ride a bike, but I do eat a lot of ice cream. It doesn't have to be haagen by the way. Okay, you're not brand loyal. But the alliteration helps. <laughs> Harley-Davidson to haagen I don't know how I feel about the future of Purdue now. But. <laughs> so did he give you any advice? Well, he's always been uh, very generous in his mentorship. But no, he has not given me any specific advice, if that's what you were asking. He's been very supportive to say, well, among, you know, go ahead and uh, boil her up, uh, <laughs> do what you need to do. And he did not ask me specifically to learn how to write a Harley Davidson I. That's good. <laughs> Would you be willing to I need to, to buy a lot of insurance before I <laughs> yeah. buy another one. In October 2022, President Chang and the Board of Trustees finalized his contract with the university, and it's similar to Mitch Daniels. Purdue Board of Trustees Chairman Michael Berghoff says Purdue was one of the first to execute a president's compensation contract this way 10 years ago. And although some watched and copied, only a small number of universities are using it at the level Purdue is. President Chang explains. So how is your presidential compensation structured? That's an Mm. interesting question that I'm sure listeners are curious about. Yes, let's talk about money. I uh, talked with the uh, chairman of the board, Mike Berghoff, and uh, we both agreed that it should be structured identical to Mitch Daniels and the one that he's had over the past 10 years, which means that there's a base salary and then there's a performance-based a risk pay, if you will. And when I was engineering college, and when I was EVP, I also had a risk pay component, and that makes a lot of sense. And then there is some retention pay as well. So I insisted also that the base pay ought to be 
lower than Mitch Daniels and the total package as well. And in fact, it turns out, I guess coincidentally, the base pay is identical to my current professorial salary and is frozen the same number as 10 years ago. Why did you feel like that was important? 10 years of frozen tuition is something very special and meaningful to many. I think it's only fitting and proper that the presidential base salary is also frozen the same as 10 years ago. But don't worry, I'm not going to starve and I still have money to buy a lot of ice cream, you know. Oh, we got to get to ice cream because you keep mentioning it. So we need to know. Did I? Yeah. Have I been mentioning it? A couple times. I, I didn't notice. <laughs> Where's the spot to get ice cream in West Lafayette? Mm. Well, I don't want to do any particular commercial at this podcast. Sure, no but, ads. Uh, but I don't want to dodge your question either. <laughs> I just preface my answer by saying that there are many different wonderful places. And to each person, there's a particular favorite spot and particular flavor, right? There's no right or wrong here. Right, right. Now, having said that, I do like the Gray Coffee House. Okay. Gray House? Gray House. Okay. Uh, now, say, but that's a coffee house. They do have gelato. Ah. ah, see, now we're talking you know, something I'm revealing about our community. So they have a gelato counter to the side. And my favorite is what they call affogato. Somebody gave me a lesson uh, some years ago that is apparently Italian that says you're drowning gelato, a flavor of your choice, with espresso. Oh. Now, the nice thing about that, if we're talking about chemistry now, you know, we're talking about Usually espresso, you want some sugar, you want some cream, and you want to cool it down a bit. Well, you got all three in the ice cream already. So you don't have to add anything, and you're drowning gelato with espresso. And I usually would pick a gelato because you got to do the pairing right. Right, yeah. Not so every, what's the flavor? You know, without espresso, the flavor, you know, could be a say, I like dark chocolate. Okay, okay. But that doesn't quite work for my taste buds. It might work for yours with avocado. So I usually go with very plain one. Say vanilla. Okay. Fruity ones doesn't work so bad. Yeah. doesn't work. So say a vanilla, vanilla bean gelato drowned by a double espresso. That's going to get you going for the rest of the day. That'll get you through all the studying, all the students listening, go order that. All right? the budget meetings. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for you, it gets you through the yeah, that, that I'll highlight, but uh, let me just say, you know, I like a lot of them. I, I like Silver Dipper. I like Frozen Custard. When Pappy was here down in the basement, I like Pappy's with a float as well. I better stop because, you know, I run the risk of forgetting some important establishment. I just say, I love them all. So the Westwood fridge will be stocked with ice cream, I have to assume? Oh, uh, well, that's too much temptation. Right? Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but that's a great idea. See, this is a listening session, Kate. Yeah, yeah. You know, all right, let me uh, take your suggestion under advisement. Okay. Get back to me on if well, you do that. Okay. I'll, I'll <laughs> let you know. And speaking of Westwood, President Chang's family will be the first to live in Westwood Manor, home of our Purdue University presidents, with young kids. I asked President Chang about his family and how they feel about this new life chapter. Tell us a little bit more about your children. We touched on them mm-hmm. before. Your wife, are they excited to live in Westwood? Are they yes. nervous? We will be living in Westwood. That is such an incredible blessing and a privilege. It is a university property. We happen to be given the honor to reside in this university property. And I was told, I need to check with the historians uh, for accuracy, but I was told that this is the first time that Westwood in the past 50 years has 
presidential residence of this university is going to have young children. I've read that too. So there's going to be a seven-year-old and then a nine, ten-year-old and a fifteen-year-old. So it'll be interesting to see if they cause a lot of property damage. <laughs> it will be, I think, a lot of fun to live in the community as a family to serve the community. And my wife. Kay, she is an outstanding real doctor. She, she is an internal medicine physician wow. and absolutely the smarter one between the two of us and a much better human being as well. And, Don't worry, I'll send this to her. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yes. Well, um, honey, if you are listening to this podcast, you know, I just did state the fact that you are the much better human being between the two of us. And well, you know, you got to be nice to the boss. Uh, <laughs> and she is looking forward to this role as one could call the first lady yeah. of Purdue and being in Westwood, not only living there, but opening up the Westwood as a place for community engagement. She looks forward to, as a physician, serving and helping the local community, but also as part of our Boilermaker family to engage with many different neighbors. She's clearly excited about it. You know, as to the three, just mentioned that... Uh, there are re different reactions uh, <laughs> to the news. But one thing I made it clear to them now is that now you've got to behave. Everyone's even inside watching. the house. <laughs> ah, folks will be watching and they're going to tell me. So, no, I hope that they will enjoy it and live their normal, regular life as kids growing up, but also recognizing what a special privilege it is to be uh, there. And they're already all very much, well, has been for years now, big Boilermaker fans. My son, for example, once said something funny, you know, I was bragging about, oh, Purdue's ranking, we're most innovative, we are top 10 public university engineering is ranked top five. And in fact, the largest ever to be in some ranking, be in the top five in the country. And, you know, and then he pat my back and said, dad, it's okay, don't be sad. I say, what do you mean, but don't be sad? <laughs> Well, you know, final four, you know, and there are like 300 of them out there. Says, so you know, yes, might be number four, but in my heart, Purdue is number one. <laughs> and that's what he said. I said, well, there you go. That's a Boilermaker. <laughs> yes. Do you think they want to come to Purdue? Has that been talked about? The well, you know, you know, parents, there's only that much you can do about the children's sure. destiny. And uh, some, uh, I was told, prefer to be as far away as possible from home. And some may say, I don't want to be in a university where my dad is the president, my mom is the president. You know? So I don't know. If you can help me brainwash them, you know, uh, we'll set up a time. <laughs> we'll get them on the podcast. Uh, yes. <laughs> Put them on the spot, you know, yes. commit, you know. That's assuming, of course, given how difficult it is, increasingly so, given the number of applicants we have, and the yield rate we continue to have. It's increasing. It's never been easy. Now it's so difficult to get in yeah. uh, Purdue. So well, let's assume that they will be doing well enough in their own K-12 learning yes. that they can stand a chance. Another family story President Chang shared during his interview was about his father, who went back to school to get his degree while he was in his 50s. President Chang connected the story to Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. And I could tell it's a great honor for him to be at the helm of not only Purdue University, but also Purdue Global. Now, part of serving as the president of Purdue mm. also means leading Purdue Global. What does that mean to you? It means a lot. As Mitch said, Purdue Global is an online university serving such a diverse population, giving a second chance 
to so many now border makers. That is especially meaningful to a place like ours. And I don't know if you've been to one of those commencements. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got to go in October. It's something very, very, very moving. My own father, due to circumstances in life, he didn't get the chance to go to college and complete a college degree until in his 50s. Actually, I persuaded him to take early retirement when I no longer needed to be supported. So he went to community college. This is uh, before online learning was as easy as today to be obtained. So he went to community college and then he went to a four-year college to get a degree. Then he went on to get a terminal master degree in master of fine art. And he did all that in his mid to late 50s. And I went to his graduation. That is the proudest moment, not my own graduation, arguably not even my future, my children's graduation, but to go to my parents' graduation. You see that a lot in Purdue Global graduation. Now, we need to make sure that we will always be delivering high-quality educational material in our regional campuses here in West Lafayette, in Indianapolis in the future, and Purdue Global. But you ask me, how do I think about that? I think it is fabulous. It sounds like you have a special memory attached to that as well. Yes, you know, getting to your father's commencement and graduation, that is something very special. I'm so glad that we are giving that opportunity to uh, many Americans. I'm so glad President Chang shared that story about his dad with us. I asked President Chang what he's looking forward to most when it comes to his first semester as president of Purdue University. Wow. So, you know, first day, first week, first month, always exciting, but it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Right. right? And uh, I look forward to continuing my listening tour. And, you know, it doesn't end on December 31st. I look forward to... uh, a lot more of those visits with uh, residence halls and Greek life and the student athletes and dining courts. I still have one dining court I haven't visited yet and uh, had lunch yet. Which one? I haven't been to Ford. And uh, I look forward to continuing listening to our neighbors, friends, partners, alumni, a lot of alumni hub engagement. When I started here five and a half years ago, I traveled to over 20 different alumni hubs in the U.S., around the world during my first year and a half. And that was very, very educational to listen to them. Many of them have been just such outstanding supporters to their alma mater as well. You know, spring is also the time I look forward to uh, the Day of Giving. As you know, that one of the many innovations under President Daniels is the Purdue Day of Giving. Usually it's last Wednesday of April. And on that day, I will start previewing a new course I'm going to be teaching. I will then do a relay run together with students. I started doing this about four years ago, pre-COVID. Some student organization in PESC recommended this to me originally. You know, why don't we do marathon run together? And I said, I cannot finish a marathon, (laughs) but we can do relay perhaps, you know, together we'll run a marathon. And the point is not only to be healthy, but also to fundraise for student organizations. So I look forward to that. And then in Westwood, my wife and I will host a cookout party, if you will. She will help with uh, the burgers, I'll help with ice cream delivery for families with young children in our community. We have young children and we love to share the joy and the frustration of having young children with our 
colleagues and neighbors and students if they have young children too. So that is going to be uh, the 2023 Purdue Day of Giving, and I look forward to that very much. That will be so fun. So as we can all imagine, President Chang has a busy schedule. He is, after all, leading the most consequential public university in the country. But how does he like to spend his free time? And does it involve ice cream? We've heard that you run. We've heard that you like ice cream. Uh What are some other favorite hobbies? Mm. What do you like to do outside of work? Anything you do to wind down after a long day? Well, I don't know whether replying emails while eating ice cream counts. That's not a fun one. That's not a fun one. (laughs) Frankly, most of the time, if there is some free time, it will be spent with my kids. My wife and I will spend more quality time with our children. I wish I could have done that more. Somebody once said, what is truly painful is when you are working hard, you say, oh, I miss my family. And then when you're with a family, you keep checking your phone and look if there's more work emails coming. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, I confess a lot of times I behave just like that. But frankly, if there is some half an hour here and there, you know, I'll probably want to devote that to my family. What is that? What is fun for them is fun for me. Right. Yeah. Do you guys go for a walk? Do you go see a movie? I go to... Their dance recitals. I go to their basketball games. There you go. Okay. Uh, I've missed some Purdue basketball because I need to watch the fourth grade or basketball. That's time. much more exciting. Oh, yeah, it is <laughs> quite exciting. You know, just uh, watching whatever they are watching on Netflix at that moment. You know, and sometimes I could even persuade them to put down their phone and iPad and social media and just talk to me. And right. uh, you know, we sometimes go to take a walk together, jog around together a bit, you know. So whatever is fun for them is fun for me. And uh, frankly, I also take um, long naps. So there is a whole lot of free time. That about you, yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, I don't know. I need a lot of hours of sleep, you know. You think that with all those ice cream, I should be able to last a little longer, (laughs) you know, to work a little harder. But the beautiful thing is in the family, as well as in a research lab, as well as in a university, it takes the village. Yes. It's about the whole team here. So yes. people say, hey, mom, if you're not losing sleep, you better make sure somebody else on the team are losing sleep <laughs> over this thing. I say, well, I'd rather somebody else losing sleep over it. <laughs> when it comes to the word persistence, many of our This Is Purdue guests have all different types of creative and profound answers to what that specific word means to them. Here's what it means to President Chang. I'm sure there are dictionary definitions and Wikipedia we can you know, I should ask a Siri. Siri, what does <laughs> persistence mean? You know, I would give a perhaps a somewhat unusual definition, okay. a short one. Persistence to me means chasing after the infinite with what is merely finite. Expand on that a little. I know that confuses me too. Uh, <laughs> a lot of what we pursue as a university of knowledge, the creation of new knowledge and the broad dissemination and I really mean broad for a place like Purdue, dissemination of knowledge. That is an infinite pursuit. It shall never end. There's always something new we can do. And anytime bottomakers are tempted by complacency, we always have chosen to aim even higher, to touch the surface of the moon. Yet we only have finite amount of time, finite, whether it's big or small, finite amount of resources. So how do we pursue Dreams that are infinitely far with what is merely finite. That, I think, is persistence. That's the first answer we've had like that for that question. So 
Oh, well, okay. I don't know if it's a good or bad one. <laughs> no, it's a great one. It's the first one, I guess. <laughs> it's a different one than we normally hear, right? Oh, wow. There's no right or wrong answer. and uh, It means something different to everyone. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I look at our students and I know that in their own individual small steps, they're all making their personal giant leaps and their personal manifested in ways more than one different types of uh, pursuit that are persistent. And what's a good This Is Purdue podcast episode without quizzing our new president with some rapid fire questions? What's your favorite spot on campus? Favorite spot on campus. And it's not ice cream shop. Neil Armstrong statue. And the replica of his giant leaps, the face of the moon. That's a very popular selfie spot. It is. It is. And uh, we got Sharisha Bandler's giant poster behind it now as well. And she is fantastic boilermaker. A lot of people go there, you know, by the way, they put a mask on Neil Armstrong. Yes. During COVID. They put hat on Neil Armstrong. They put gold and black scarves on Neil Armstrong. <laughs> Very creative. Uh, I'm not sure if they were supposed to climb up the statue, yeah. but anyway, I've seen <laughs> that and uh, people take selfies all the time and little kids will run, including my own, run across those footprints. Yes. You see that, you know, there's one, two, three... Suddenly, there's a giant one. There's literally the giant leap there. I don't know what Neil Armstrong's thinking at that moment. Maybe he was thinking, hey, let me try. Maybe I can go real far now <laughs> since I'm on the surface of the moon instead of the earth. So that would be my favorite spot. Okay, that's a popular one. What about a favorite Purdue tradition? There are many outstanding Purdue traditions. I'll say the spring commencement. And summer and winter too, but spring is the biggest. Because you see the pride faces of our newly graduated makers, undergrad, master, PhD. You see the pride on the faces of those who supported them, the parents, the family, their friends. And we have still this tradition for the bachelor's degree holders. They will go on stage and shake right. hands. Mm-hmm. As the dean, I had the honor to shake hands, many hands, including about 2,000 times in one single spring of commencement. That really, A, is good training of this particular muscle. Uh, and B, it really gives me this immense sense of what Purdue stands for. The combination of excellence and values that we hold dear to our heart. That combination executed at this scale with this much impact to individualize and to our state and our country. Uh, there is nowhere quite like Purdue. Are you looking forward to the commencement speech? Have you already started thinking oh, about Oh, oh, thanks for the reminder. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's on my iPhone reminder somewhere. Uh, no, I have not. At this moment of recording the podcast, I have to say I have not yet. But uh, with your reminder, I think I should start <laughs> fairly soon, maybe during the Christmas and the holidays and New Year break. But that is something special. And I know that Mitch, for 10 years has delivered one after another amazing original speeches. And each one, the president has to deliver somewhere between six to eight times, depending how many graduation ceremonies we have, because we value each individual. We don't say, everybody stand up, everybody sit down, except the one with the COVID year at the stadium. It takes quite a few rounds of commencement. So the president has to make the same speech that many times. I would just hope that I don't fall asleep myself 
when I'm making the eighth <laughs> round of it. You know, I'm sure the audience is already falling asleep. You know, the question is whether you know I'm still awake by the time I'm saying the same thing eight times. It sounds like you'll have a lot of good content. Well, yes, there's no shortage of <laughs> outstanding things to report to our students and to our parents about Purdue. That is for sure the case. But I tend to actually drag on my speech so long that you know the audience's iPhone runs out of battery. Or, <laughs> so, well, please remind me again if I, I haven't started yet you know. in the new year. <laughs> then that's just cutting it too close. Okay, we know that you don't ride a Harley, but what is、mm. something that Purdue students would be surprised to know about you? Well. Let me do a commercial there. Okay. Every podcast must contain some commercial, I suppose. So it's a commercial about course, a new course that I will be co-teaching with Professor Chris Brinton in the ECE department. I remain a faculty member at ECE department. I'll continue to do a little bit of research, which is for me wireless networks and edge computing, and I'll continue to、uh, teach or co-teach a new course. It's going to be about networks. Social, economic, and technological networks—the principles of networks that rule our lives in some sense—is going to be, I think, a fun course. No prerequisite required. We'll do it without a lot of、uh, technological prerequisites. You don't have to have taken many engineering courses. In fact, I think we want to make it completely open to any students. You know, one of the many differences between、uh, one college versus the entire university is. This university is so much bigger than any single college or single unit, and we want this course to be taken by actually primarily non-engineers. So I don't think a whole lot of people are aware of this. Frankly, we are still designing it, so、uh, <laughs> so this might come as a surprise that、uh, you know the、uh, incoming president, just like Mitch, he has been doing that for many years to teach a World War One history course. I wouldn't be equipped to teach that course, but I can try to pretend to be an engineer and co-teach this course to non-engineers. And you don't need any prerequisite to get on the seminar sophomore level course. And、um, maybe that commercial will be something that not a whole lot of people are aware of. So there we go. That's the commercial. You heard it here first. You heard it here with Kate's、uh, podcast <laughs> first. And now you can go、uh, register for the course online.、Uh, well. I still need to make sure that we finish all the course proposal <laughs> steps、yes. so that it can be registered for. Well, hoping fall semester 2023. Our podcast team had a wonderful time getting to know President Chang. He's obviously very humble and intelligent, but he also has a great sense of humor that really puts you at ease. At the very end of our interview, something happened that has never happened to me before. President Chang flipped the interview and asked me a question. Well, we can't thank you enough for joining us. Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners? Anything I missed? Well, let me ask you a question, Kate. So you, know, you are Brian Lamb <laughs> School of Communication graduate, understand? So, what makes you the proudest among all the Purdue traditions or artifacts or history anecdotes? Anything? What makes you the proudest as a gold and black as a Boilermaker? You know, I came back here about. What ten years after I graduated, and it's been the greatest honor of my life to do this. I think it's important too when you said、mm. to take a chance. I really liked another job that I had, and I was offered this job, and I was like, I could be complacent、mm. and、mm. keep working here and、mm. kind of、mm. take that route.、And、I'm、mm. so glad、mm. I didn't do that. Well, boiler up to that. <laughs> Thank you very much. Boiler up. Thank you so much for、Thank、your you. time. It was so、Pleasure. fun. It was fun. Yes. 
We can't thank President Chang enough for spending time with us on our official university podcast and sharing more about his family and what Purdue University and this Boilermaker community means to him. If you'd like to learn more about President Chang and read his inaugural message to the Purdue community, head over to purdue.edu slash president. And if you want to watch our full video interview with President Chang on stage at Fowler, head over to our new podcast YouTube page, youtube.com slash at sign, this is Purdue. You can check out all of our podcast trailer videos, special clips from each episode, and more. Thanks for listening to This is Purdue. For more information on this episode, visit our website at purdue.edu slash podcast. There you can head over to your favorite podcast app to subscribe and leave us a review. And as always, boiler up. <laughs>